I'm with Dave Gillam now in the World Radio Gardening Studio. Now, of course, it's uh, very much into the bedding season now, isn't it, Dave? With oh, all the is. bedding plants, all growing really well. Hopefully you've fed them. Yes. Yeah. How important is feeding bedding? Oh, very, because very, it's very hungry. You know, they're, they're fast-growing plants, and anything that's growing fast is eating fast. So keep the feeds going in there, the liquid feeds. If they're flowering, and you can use the vegetable feeds, like the, the tomato feeds and that, um, which always helps add a bit of life to it. Now, baskets, we can put slow-release fertilisers in, and that helps. But, I mean, is there anything else we could do for those? Yes, with the baskets, you can use the slow-release, use the swell gel as well, which will hold the moisture in there because, obviously, they do dry out quick when we get into a proper summer, um, and carry on feeding again with, with tomorite or something like that. Um, what's worth doing as well is, once they're all going, it's just going through the basket and pinch back some of the stems. Not all, just about maybe half. And that will encourage some new growth to come on those and will naturally follow on from the ones that are going to be flowering first. So it'll extend some life and bulk them up. So that's quite important to, to, to build the plant up. Is there any, should we be doing that on any of the bedding plants in the borders as well or not? Um, we've always got to be deadheading. I mean, that's oh, how the, important uh, is deadheading then, Dave? Very. I think on a, a lot of plants, once they've set seed, they, they decide they're not going to grow anymore. They don't need to flower anymore. They've done their job. You know, a lot of flowering bedding is there to reproduce and produce seed. So if we can just slow that process down, we get more flowers for now, longer. Of course, bedding geraniums produce very big seed heads, don't they? Yes. Are they trying to produce seed? Yeah, they're trying. So <laughs> that's very important to we take those to off. We want to just take those off and take the whole flowering stem off. Don't just pull the, the flowers now off the top. Now, why is that so important? Well, you'll get a diet back and you'll encourage botrytis and rot in the plant if we get a sort of cooler and wetter conditions. So really, of course, we never know what we're in for for the rest of the summer, do we, no. with gardening? I mean, it could turn hot and sunny, and or it could be wet as anything. It we is. just never know, do we? No, um, just look at the forecast. If you're going to go out and drown your beds with water and then it's going to rain for the next week on the forecast, just be ahead of the game on that. If they're talking about rain, uh, dry periods, good watering, but consistent, long watering, not splash and dash. If you've got... Dry, dry conditions. When's the best time of the day to water? Um, I would always go evening. If you can get it in there, then it's got all night without the sun on it to soak in. The plants can take it up and then hopefully you'll get through the day. So going on from that then, um, if you've got pests on your, on your plants, when do you actually sort pests out? Because you've got aphids and things like oh, that. Yes, I mean, yeah. and people worry about spraying, don't they? It is a concern because of the, the hype about the bees and we do need to protect them and look after them as much as we can. Uh, but quite simply, read the packet, follow the instructions, and generally it's best to again spray late in the evening when the bees have uh, gone home and then the, any chemicals can dry off and be gone before any others come out. So what you're saying is the important thing is that they dry out on the plant. On the plant, and that will affect it, because the bugs are still going to be there whatever the time of the day is, but the bees won't be of an evening. So that's quite important. So really, do you class this time of the year as mainly bedding plants? Because we mustn't forget there's herbaceous plants that are yes, growing as well, yeah, aren't there? Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, the lupins are really fattening up and the delphiniums are starting what to grow. What are we going to look at? You mentioned lupins. What are we going to watch out <laughs> on lupins? Then? Our friendly aphids. Uh, Is that a lupin aphid? Well, it's a nice big fat green thing. Yeah. Um, and yes, you've just got to keep on top of them. They're very uh, vivacious once they're on there. They'll keep on going, so treat those. Look out for things like vine weevil as well. So how do we look out for vine weevil? Vine weevil, it looks like someone's gone along with a, a hole punch along the edge of the leaf and took little notch-type bites out. And uh, that's a sign that the beetle is active, but quite likely still at this time of the year there may well be some grubs munching on them roots. So look out for that. 
uh, any way of getting rid of them? There difficult, is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is difficult. Luckily, we still have got... Uh, there's a couple of drenches on the market that you can drench to in kill containers the grubs. particularly? Easier on containers than the beds, yeah. And if not, it's the organic method of using nematodes? It is, as long as uh, we've got the right uh, temperature. Climate. We need temperature ranges for nematodes to uh, thrive, so it may be something you do a little bit later in the year, and obviously you've got to make sure that the bugs are at the right stage for them to be effective. Now, while we're talking pests, I suppose slugs and snails, if we get <laughs> oh, damp yes. weather, it's been a good year for slugs and snails, hasn't it, so it, far? Yes, yes, it's not too bad, but they're at, as soon as it rains, are out and about, and we're starting to see a, a little bit more now. We're getting some showers. So... How do you, I mean, I'm a bit of a use slug pellets, but use them correctly, yeah. which means they only need to be five to six inches apart. They're That's a bait, not a, not a killer. Yes, I, I tend to, uh, not that I, I said this, but they're probably better in next door's garden than your own, um, because obviously it will attract the slug to them before it kills them. Right. If you've got a veg patch, I generally suggest putting them around the outside of it, the perimeter. To pull them away. Pull them away it. rather than put them in and draw them into it. That's an interesting um, point I hadn't thought of. And a, a good friend of mine, he actually uses slug pellets about a week or two before he plants plants out into the beds. So you actually Prevention get rid of the ones than, that are there first. Prevention better than cure, Yes. Eh? Any other organic methods as well that you can use? Well, there's the old beer traps, but... Depends how much you like your beer, um, and you can go out there and collect them up and take them for a, a bit a of ride. a walk. <laughs> but they are it. known to come back, aren't they? They, they are, yeah. But apparently, a snail can go about thirty odd meters or something, something like that. that. Uh, it's homing instincts. So you don't throw them over the fence. No, they'll, they'll be back. <laughs> they'll be back. They'll be back. So really, it's it's about looking at your garden, is yeah. it? Watching what's going on. Yeah, nothing but a cup of coffee in the morning before you go to work. See what needs doing and. Uh, and see what's happening.